Um, the first thing I'll say is that if we don't have elected officials who can figure out how to put on a diversity event, then we need new elected officials. <laughs> This is episode two of a five-part series about a surprising runoff for my city's mayoral election last year in 2019. If you haven't heard episode one yet, I recommend starting there, where we introduce you to the city of Smyrna and its tensions and its mayor of 34 years announcing his retirement. This episode is about why this election going to a runoff at all was so surprising. I'm your host, Chris Randazzo. And you're listening to The Runoff. To win an election outright, you need a minimum of 50% of the votes plus one. Otherwise, the top two candidates in that election would go to a runoff. And for this mayoral election in Smyrna, Georgia, there was a clear favorite, City Councilman Derek Norton. Derek is short, usually wears slacks, a button-up, and a sports coat. And he has short, almost buzzed blonde hair. He's professional and kind. In a city council meeting, He has a way of being both necessarily formal, but also very down-to-earth, warm, and humorous. He's comfortable in city government because he's worked in and around the government his whole career. What made him the favorite to win? Well, first and foremost, he had the support of the guy who had been running the city as mayor the last 34 years, Max Bacon. Here's Max. As a matter of fact, Derek and I had had some conversations about you know, would I support him if I didn't run? I told him, yeah, because he had been he had been on the council. He was mayor pro tem, and, uh, and I told him that I would. Real quick, if you're like me, you would need to look up what mayor pro tem even means. Pro tem comes from the Latin phrase meaning for the time being. So the mayor pro tem is essentially the city council member chosen by the mayor to be the second in command, who would be the stand-in for the mayor if the mayor was absent for some reason at a city meeting or event. But back to Max's support. I asked Max why he chose to back Derek. Uh, him being a, a lobbyist uh, and having some government experience, and plus he was a, he was a quick learner, so... Uh, I, I mean, not that the rest of the council was not, but I, I, I just thought Derek had the, the presence about him, and I think he already... Maybe had an idea that, you know, that I wasn't going to run. But, uh, I mean, I didn't tell anybody, but I think maybe he sensed it. So he was, he was, he was ready to go, you know. So he started raising money and got his campaign cranked up. And uh, so I think it was pretty much immediately. Here is Ashley Bacon Mize on what made Derek Norton an amazing candidate. First and foremost is he has a family. And I know that he would want Smyrna to be a great place for his kids to grow up. And knowing that he loved his family as much as he does, he's honest. He's, you know, he's smart. He can move the city into the next, you know, the next generation of families will connect with him because he is their age, you know, for lack of a, you know, better example. I mean, he's. Derek Norton was a family man. 
and he had the experience of being on city council and being mayor pro tem. He had the blessing of Mayor Max Bacon, which means he had the support of everyone who had supported Max over the years. But before continuing on myself with Derek Norton's perfect resume, Derek summed it up pretty well at one of the mayoral debates at Whitfield Academy on October 22nd, 2019, just a couple weeks before the election. Similar in size to Max Bacon's State of the City address announcing his retirement back from episode one, the debate took place in a high school gym and was a packed house with 300 of Smyrna's most engaged residents. Mr. Norton. Good evening, everybody. It's worth noting, of the five candidates on stage, no one else received applause from the crowd after being introduced. Uh, I want to recognize my wife, Laura, who's here in the back, and my two children, Samantha and Jack. I think my parents are here and my in-laws too, so I really better not mess this up. (laughs) Uh, I'm Derek Norton. Um, I serve on your city council now, uh, representing Ward 1. I'm finishing up my fourth year on city council. I serve as your public safety committee chairman. Uh, on your finance committee, and I'm ser- currently serving um, as your mayor pro tem. And we're members of Smyrna First United Methodist Church, uh, where I serve on the board of trustees. Uh, I've been in Smyrna about 15 years, grew up down the road in Marietta, uh, went to Sprayberry High School, went to the University of Georgia, and I've spent my entire professional career over the last 20 years either in government or government relations. And I'm the only candidate in this race with the experience to keep the city moving in the right direction without missing a beat. And this election experience is more important than any other in the city's history, perhaps, with the mayor retiring after 34 years and all seven council members up for election. We don't have staggered terms in Smyrna, so experience is paramount in this election. The foundation of Derek Norton's campaign was experience, and he really was the only candidate with any official government experience. So if you make the comparison to how organizations typically decide on candidates for job positions, isn't experience the first thing taken into account? So you combine him being the only one with experience, with having Max Bacon's endorsement, and Derek represented the leader to continue Smyrna's growth and development. Here is current city council member Austin Wagner on Derek Norton being Max Bacon's successor. It seemed likely that he was the sort of handpicked candidate to succeed Max. Like I said before, when Max had originally said he wasn't running, it was Derek almost right next to him, I think, saying he was going to run. Um, And so there was that kind of handing off of the torch, right, that I think was the the assumption. Um, He had a lot of support from the community. He had been involved for a while before he was on council. He's obviously got connections at the, at the Capitol, um, a lot of people that everyone know were supporting Derek, right? And he was raising a lot of money. Um, there was that expectation that, you know, that would translate into, you know, running away with the, with the race. You know, there's definitely things that, you know, I know that Derek, you know, didn't agree with Max on, right? But the perception out there was that, Derek was Max's candidate, which meant for a lot of people in their mind that Derek was Max. You know, he was just the next generation of of Max. This is really key here. 
It wasn't so much Derek Norton campaigned as being Max 2.0 or even thought of himself as the next Max, but that was the perception from the city. As the torch passed from Artie Bacon to Max Bacon, so now Max Bacon was passing it on to Derek Norton. With Derek Norton representing Smyrna's way to continue on Max's legacy, what did the other four candidates do? They wanted to represent a change from Max Bacon, Derek Norton, and their direction. They weren't running to keep the status quo, they were running against it. So, how about some brief introductions? First, you have Steve Raisin. 66-year-old African-American, retired Navy commander and airline pilot, had 45 years of leadership in the Navy or in business, had lived in Smyrna 25 years, volunteered for a couple boards in the city, and was even friends with Max Bacon. Okay, my name is Steve Raisin. Uh, I had been in, involved in management in the Navy, in engineering, and uh, aviation and real estate for over 45 years. So I, think, I figured I could bring, bring that experience to bear in, in whatever I was going to be doing. Uh, I, I, I witnessed, you know, many improvements in the city, both in, in, in new businesses and, like I said, the, the diversity of the city. And I, I honestly did not see that in city government. You know, we had maybe one person in management in the, in, in the city, and, uh, and that, that was about it. And since we were such a diverse community, I figured that, you know, maybe I could be the person to, to come in and, and, and improve on that. Next, you have Ryan Campbell. Ryan is who Max Bacon told me he had never heard of before announcing he was running for mayor. You met Ryan in episode one. Like Steve Raisin, Ryan was also African-American and a business owner here in Smyrna. Unlike Steve Raisin, Ryan was only 26 years old and his age was the biggest thing he needed to overcome to even have a shot. If elected, Ryan would be the youngest active mayor in the country. You know, at first, people just didn't take the idea of a 26-year-old running for mayor seriously, right? So people would be like, well, he's 26. What does he know about running a city? What does he know about running anything? I mean, he doesn't have a chance. He doesn't know anybody. He doesn't have the name recognition, right? There's just this lack of credibility because it's just not normal, right? And society likes to operate kind of on this bedrock of norms, And remember, these candidates were trying to shake up Smyrna's norms. Third, and the only female candidate on the ticket, was Laura Morales, who decided to run for mayor after realizing the city was going to put an expressway through her neighborhood. An Air Force veteran, an entrepreneur, here is Laura at the Whitfield debate. I decided that I wanted to run for mayor a couple of years ago when um, when I found out that they were going to put an expressway through our neighborhood on Windy Hill Road. Um, they're going to spend $42 million on a one-mile expressway. Um, once I started looking into that and started looking into the way that the city does business and looking into all the money that's funneled into car engineering, um, I decided that we really needed a change. And finally, Alex Alex has been around forever. Um, he seemed to run for every mayoral election during the time we lived. We've lived here. That's my friend Bill, who's lived in Smyrna over 20 years. 
We could do an entire spinoff podcast on Alex Bakery. He's the guy who stands outside city events to protest how taxes are being spent and who speaks up at the end of every city council meeting to complain that the dog parks aren't safe, which makes a little more sense if you know Alex Bakery used to be the city's animal control officer. My issues tonight are that I would like term limits, cover wasteful spending, um, also uh, getting open government, and uh, I look forward to those issues being discussed tonight. As I say, term limits and wasteful spending are my big issues. And also having an animal control officer this morning. In case the phrase term limits brushed past you, the story there is he's basically upset Max Bacon was able to be mayor for 34 years in a row. Also spoke for 16 years in council meetings, including citizens' input, and additionally 35 to 40 requests for open records acts. That's something that no one on the stage can match. Essentially, Alex Bakery is saying, no one has complained more than me for 16 years. And I've literally witnessed this firsthand in 2020. I went to my first city council meeting back in September. The final item on the agenda at each meeting is to open up the floor to public comment, and any resident can speak for two minutes. Alex was sitting in the closest chair to the mic. With a loud voice, and an unawareness of how close he was to the mic, he ranted on about the dog parks and about his disdain for the term dog catcher. You know, I, I, I think the election results over the years demonstrated the viability of any of his candidacies. I don't think the city missed out on, on Alex Bakery never being the mayor. Okay, so quick recap on the four candidates running against Derek Norton. Steve Raisin wanted Smyrna's diversity reflected in the city government level. Ryan Campbell himself represented a shift in norms being both young and black. Laura Morales wanted to change how the city spent its money in a way that was fair to all. And Alex Bakery wanted to make sure no one could be mayor another 34 years. You can likely see why Derek Norton was so heavily favored. And to cap it all off, he had raised three times more money than any other candidate. The speculation for this race wasn't if Derek Norton was going to get the most votes, but since there were five candidates, it was simply would he get enough to win outright without going to a runoff. But what these four mayoral candidates really reflected running against Derek Norton was the part of the city who felt like they weren't represented. Which leads me to the question, why? Well, diversity is dividing people in one Cobb County city. Smyrna's mayor is blocking a Hispanic heritage event from happening. He claims it's a scheduling conflict, but the event's organizers told CBS 46's Haley Mason the message is loud and clear. The Hispanic heritage event that was blocked by Max Bacon was scheduled for October 11th, 2019, just a month out from the new mayoral election. And that ultimately sends the implicit message that the city stands behind celebrating majority cultures, but doesn't necessarily stand behind celebrating minority cultures. And as a task force, it's our job to celebrate everybody. 
This story was picked up by local Atlanta news, CBS 46, and perfectly reflects how in 2019, people in Smyrna were speaking up and wanting to see a change. And this story actually starts back in 2018, when Max Bacon himself started a bunch of subcommittees as part of the Smyrna Vision Plan. So I called Leah Bulo, who was part of one of these subcommittees. My name is Leah Bulo, and I've lived in Smyrna. Uh, this will be my 10th year. My wife and I bought a house um, near downtown Smyrna with our two kids, uh, Cooper and Arden. And um, we've just been really plugged in the community since we've um, moved here. Leah told me that after the 2016 presidential election, she wanted to focus more on local politics, where she felt like she could make an immediate difference in the city. And a friend recommended she join Smyrna's newly created Diversity Task Force. And so the Diversity Task Force um, was actually an idea of Max Bacon as a Smyrna vision plan. Our mission statement at the time um, you know, included just bringing uh, different cultural and ethnic awareness um, to our community by hosting different events, um, you know, maybe collaborating with the library or the museum um, to sponsor things, um, you know, bring it to the city level, but then also open things up to the public. Over the course of a year, this task force spent its energy on three main events. Um, Our first event was awesome and very successful. Um, It was called the Meet and Greet for Peace. It was not open to the public. But it is where all of the elected officials for the city of Smyrna um, and government officials met with all religious leaders um, of all faiths uh, in the local, you know, Smyrna, Cobb County, South Cobb area. This took place around Christmas time of 2018. And I remember this event myself because some of the leaders in my church community participated in the event, raving about how much they loved it. Okay, so event number one, success. Let's fast forward a few months. Coming up on February for um, the African American Heritage Month came up. And so our group started planning um, an event around this. And at the time, we uh, the city of Smyrna had a, um, a diversity consultant that really spoke to Smyrna government with regards to policy and hiring and whatnot. And uh, this person also sat in on the task force meetings with us. So she was kind of the liaison between the task force, um, us volunteers, and the city to get the African-American Heritage Month event kicked off. But here's where things get uh, suspicious. I wasn't privy. These were closed-door meetings at the time uh, between, her name was Robin Crawford, that uh, was the diversity Um, consultant for the city of Smyrna and the mayor and council, but it was immediately vetoed. The city did not want to host the um, African-American event. They didn't want to do anything for black history, nothing. Uh, And at that time, our task force was pretty, uh, we just felt like that was a low hanging fruit. (laughs) We felt like, um, you know, Marietta does stuff. Everybody does stuff. Here is Marilyn Blackburn, who we met in episode one, the first black city council member in Smyrna's history, who was on the council during the time when this event was rejected. Let's talk about Black Heritage Month, the very first opportunity that we had to pursue that. And you had members on the council who felt that we as a council 
it was not our responsibility to utilize taxpayers' dollars to pay for anything that had to do with race, religion, or ethnicity. So my response is, when we, when we turn that fountain green in March for St. Patrick's Day, or we have an Easter egg hunt in the community center, are those not taxpayers' dollars that are being utilized for these events? So unfortunately, the city did not get, or the council did not get behind the opportunity to present the, um, the first Black Heritage Celebration. This left people in the city like Leah and Marilyn asking, why have a task force around unity or diversity in the first place? We didn't understand why there was pushback. And then we began to question really what was our role as a task force if things like that um, are getting shut down and they didn't want to hear what our ideas were. So while event number one, the meet and greet for peace, was a resounding success, event number two left the diversity task force feeling tons of resistance and people in the city feeling unheard and unrepresented. And all that leads us to the third event the Diversity Task Force attempted to put on that year, the one that was picked up by CBS 46 Atlanta, the Hispanic Heritage Month event. City leaders are telling me this was really a logistical issue and they needed more details on this Hispanic Heritage Celebration event. Well, organizers tell me their purpose was clear, and this is just another cultural clash in the city. Leah, one of the organizers as part of the Diversity Task Force, shared with me the details on the plans. Later in the year, and all summer, we started working on the next thing, which was the Hispanic Heritage Month in October. And the process at the time was is that we, our task force would come up with ideas. We would secure the vendors. We would get volunteers. Um, and then basically propose it to a work session before mayor and council. And I was a part of that meeting. Um, and, and we just did all the legwork. We lined up the whole program. So it was proposed to us at the time to collaborate our um, Hispanic Heritage event with the, um, they called it the Casper Fall Festival, which was like a small Halloween festival for kids in Smyrna. We had uh, secured multiple performers. We had um, restaurants lined up that were going to be out there. We had a couple um, movies that were going to be done in Spanish. We had everything lined up. And it, you know, and it got voted on and passed, and we were set to go. So far, from the viewpoint of the Diversity Task Force, things were going according to plan. However, Marilyn, being on the council, knew it wasn't all rainbows and sunshine. It did go before the council to vote on, and it was voted on to pass. And, you know, according to the policy bylaws for the city, um, the ordinance to the city, the mayor has X amount of days by which he can veto the um, vote, in which he did. He vetoed it, and because he did not feel that this was something that the city uh, uh, needed to embark upon. This, however was the perspective of the Diversity Task Force. Unbeknownst to us, uh, the mayor, one night without uh, any consultation with fellow council members, decided to veto the Hispanic heritage part. No reason was given. We were just given uh, sent an email stating, uh, basically, it's off. At that point, councilwoman, Maryland Blackburn at the next city council meeting um, 
basically wanted to override the mayor's veto. Um, that was fairly controversial at the time. It hadn't been done before. She only had one other council uh, member, Councilwoman uh, Susan Wilkinson, stand with her in that vote. And all the other council members um, went along with the mayor. Remember, Derek Norton was one of those council members who chose loyalty to the mayor and backed up his veto. Which was sort of shocking to us because these were the same council members that approved the passage of this event. Then the mayor changes his mind without, you know, any any justification. And then they all, you know, kind of go with him. Here was Max Bacon on why he decided to veto the event. In general, uh, I support this and, and, and I support the event. It, it needs to be better organized. It needs to be presented back to us. Here's what, here's what we're doing. And, and not have it on the same day that we have had this annual Halloween carnival for our, for our kids. Another person on the diversity task force, mayoral candidate Laura Morales. It would be a celebration within the Casper Festival. Just like you've got all kinds of different vendors at the Casper Festival, only some of them would be Hispanic-themed, which is why I don't understand why they have decided that the Hispanic-themed vendors and activities would not be good for the city. So the mayor and city council give pushback to a Black History Month event in February then veto a past and planned Hispanic Heritage event in September. So by this time, campaigns are already abuzz for who would be the next mayor, and the controversy around these events make its way to a different debate hosted by the Smyrna Business Association. A citizen wrote in a question asking candidates to speak on how city leadership has handled these events around diversity and what it should look like moving forward. I'll play the entirety of Derek Norton's response to this question, and note the audience reaction is a little different from his introduction at the Whitfield debate. Our strength comes from our diversity. It does, and, and we got the best people anywhere. When, when, when she's talking about that decision with the veto and the, all of that stuff, all we had behind closed doors was a fundamental, mis- a fundamental disagreement about how to celebrate our diversity. That's, that's at the end of the day. We are all the voice for all people on this council. Um, and, and at the end of the day, uh, what I think we should do is do, do events that unify people. But the best event that we did, that I've been a part of, as far as diversity effort, was the meet and greet for peace. And I think a lot of you were at that uh, last year, where we brought all religions together and celebrated all of them together. I think that my view, my, excuse me, my, my view is that we should do, if we're, if we're promoting togetherness and unity, then I don't think separating all of these events out is the way that we ought to do it. My personal opinion is that we ought to have the best damn multicultural diversity celebration anywhere. And as no. you said, we've got it's art, different. history, background, no, and celebrating all of those no, together. That's my opinion. Sorry, no, sorry. I, I, I love the diversity of our community, and I want to celebrate it in that way. Thank you. Sorry. You heard it at the top of the episode, but Ryan Campbell's response to this question had a slightly different approach. Um, The first thing I'll say is that if we don't have elected officials who can figure out how to put on a diversity event, then we need new elected (laughs) officials. So the lack of celebration of diversity really hit a strong chord in the city of people feeling excluded, having no voice, feeling less valued. 
and they really wanted a change. They saw Max Bacon retiring as an opportunity for that change. And if Derek Norton was going to keep the city on its same trajectory, that was a cause for concern. And I see how diverse our city is. And I think we need somebody to really represent all residents of Smyrna. And I did not feel like that was happening, nor did I have any confidence after my experience in the diversity committee that that would happen under Derek Norton. That being said, it takes a lot more than putting on a diversity event to be mayor. Understanding the issues and dynamics around housing density, public safety, bringing in new businesses, city budgets, reducing traffic, that kind of thing. So to everyone who loved Smyrna for what it was, the idea of a mayor without experience seemed too risky to entrust what Smyrna had grown into. Ashley Bacon Mize, one of Derek's supporters, put it like this. I think, you know, the best candidates are the ones that have experienced being on the city council and watching how a city functions and how a mayor works and learning the good, the bad, and the ugly of the city before, you know, you become mayor. So while it won't come as a shock to you, given we titled this podcast, The Runoff, Derek didn't win outright. In fact, he came up just short with 47% of the vote. Remember, he only needed 50% plus one. But what might shock you is who made the runoff with him. Not Navy Admiral with 45 years of experience in leadership. Not Air Force veteran and longtime businesswoman and entrepreneur, Laura Morales. But 26-year-old Ryan Campbell. Someone Max Bacon had never heard of. So how did he do it? So when I started talking about, you know, murals and entrepreneurial districts and, you know, you know, tiny homes had everybody on fire, you know, people were just, people really had kind of their mindsets challenged in terms of what, what, you know, what Smyrna is, but also what it could be. Ryan's campaign and what Smyrna could be, that's next time on The Runoff. This podcast was created by me in partnership with Walker Scar and Jordan Craig. Original music is written and produced by Marco Randazzo. Executive producer is BT Harmon. Artwork designed by Mark Casper. Thanks so much to all our guests on today's episode. Max Bacon, Ashley Bacon-Mize, Austin Wagner, Steve Raisin, Ryan Campbell, Bill Pinto, Leah Bulo, and Marilyn Blackburn. Audio for Derek Norton, Laura Morales, and Alex Bakery came from the Whitfield debate, the Smyrna Business Association debate, and CBS 46 News Atlanta. This has been a Super Team Media Podcast. Finally, to everyone listening, thank you so much for the feedback. It has kept me going, and I will continue to work your thoughts and ideas into each new episode. To connect with us, you can follow us and message us on Instagram and Facebook at The Runoff Podcast. Please subscribe wherever you're listening so you can get notified when our next episode drops. And if you like it, share it with a friend. We'll be back with episode three next week. That's it for me. I'm your host, Chris Randazzo, reminding you to slow down, show up, and vote.